It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, Rich, I tell you what, we've got a lot of ground to cover today. But first of all, let me say, we have been in St. Louis, Missouri, and then also Bot Radio Network sponsored pastor's luncheons there and in and in uh, Oklahoma City, and in uh, Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, and then Nashville. And wasn't it wonderful to see the pastors there um, just filled with zeal and fire for God and all Bible-believing preachers? It's such a blessing to be in a room with people that are so committed to the proclamation of God's Word. Yeah. Now, where is that verse that the Lord talked about, if my people, mm, yeah, so, see, well, if that's... my people, folks, let me tell you, the problem we have today is with his people not being bold, not being strong, and not being true in the loving way that Christ taught us. Right. Well, we we often say we'll pray for America, but this is the way we need to pray. Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, if our land needs healing, and it does, yeah. maybe it's his people that are not speaking. Well, that's where it starts. And we don't have the fiery pulpits. We don't have the declaration of God's Word. Uh, and, all right, now listen. Well, that's why these pastor appreciation luncheons were such a blessing. I want the folks to hear the son of Billy Graham. That's Franklin Graham. And this is what he said. We need to put God back into our schools. We need to put God back into the capitals. And ladies and gentlemen... It happens when we vote. Christian voice needs to be heard, okay? Now, everybody else gets out there and pushes their candidates, okay? The gays and lesbians, that, listen, they can go out there and run their candidates. That's fine. This is America. They have the freedom to do that. But we as Christians have the freedom to put our candidates out there and get them elected. Here's something my father said in 1976. He said, get involved in the political process, okay? He said it. Get involved. This coming year, he said in 1976, is an election year. I'd like to challenge every deeply committed American who is qualified to think about running for political office. I don't believe that we as Christians should withdraw. We need men and women of integrity, Christian commitment, who will run for political office this coming year, no matter to which political party you belong. Now you say, Franklin, how about separation of church and state? Separation of church and state? Well, let me tell you what that meant, okay? Our forefathers didn't want us to have a state-mandated religion. They wanted you to have the freedom to worship and to live your faith. But the government wasn't going to mandate it's this faith or that faith, okay? That's the freedom of religion. And they never intended the separation of church and state, which they, they're saying today that if you go in there, you've got to leave your faith out here on the steps. Our forefathers didn't leave their faith out here on the steps. They took it in there with them. But the, many of the politicians you have today don't want you to take your faith in it because they don't want God's standards. They don't want to hear His standards. They don't want it. 
You know, Rich, uh, you know, isn't it amazing that we have to have Franklin Graham remind the fiery pulpits of America to speak out mm-hmm. and be bold? Right. Because if the Lord's people don't do their job, all they're doing is allowing others to raise their children, to tell their children this, that, or the other thing, and then the people themselves are starving for solid food. Right, and righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So vote for righteous candidates. By the way, before we go on here, I want to mention the Gosnell film. Mm, Now, you know that opened as one of the top ten openers in the nation. And yet, you know what, folks? The Hollywood crowd, the media crowd, the culture, you know what I mean, the Planned Parenthood folks, they have put pressure on the theaters to back off and close it down. So we're hearing theater after theater are closing it down because of the pressure that they're hearing from all of those Planned Parenthood-type voices. But check your listings to you see where it is are. playing in your area and go see it. And you know you know the candidates at this election that are pro-abortion, and they absolutely—now, uh, whatever they say, you got to know them. you got to know them and where their heart is, and then for goodness sakes, vote. Now, here is John Wayne. Listen to what he said. You ask me why I love her? Well, give me time. I'll explain. Have you seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana way? Have you watched the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? Have you heard a Bob White calling in the Carolina Pines? Or heard the bellow of a diesel at the Appalachia Mines? Does the call of the Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar? You look with awe and wonder at her Massachusetts shore where men who braved a hard new world first stepped on Plymouth Rock. Do you think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from the Right, Nevada sky. You hail to the Columbia as you rush into the sea, or how you're headed Gettysburg, our struggle to be free. Have you seen the mighty Tetons? You watched an eagle soar. Have you seen the Mississippi roll along Missouri's shore? Have you felt a chill at Michigan when on a winter's day her waters rage along the shore in thunderous display? Does the word aloha make you warm? Do you stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in at Waimea Reef? From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande to Maine, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast, the might of her domain. You ask me why I love her? I have a million reasons why. My beautiful America, beneath God's Wide, wide sky. And how good we pray. 
about something rich. Now, listen, we started out talking about if my people, if my people, and I'll tell you, pastors, and that's what we were telling them in our luncheons, uh, if you don't speak, what kind of a shepherd are you? At least tell the folks to vote. And pro-life is where it begins. We're coming into the Christmas season now. How did God send us his son through the womb of Mary? And then God provided a stepfather for little baby Jesus to be raised and taken care of. The whole Christmas story is the story that the world right now is saying, no, you can't say Merry Christmas, you can't say this, you can't say the Christ child, you can't say any of that. Well, let me tell you something. Let's now hear what Bill Gaither had to say about the family, the family, the family of God. Here it is. Notice we say, brother and sister around here. You know why? It's because we're family and these folks are so dear. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joined heirs with Jesus as we travel the sun. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong. I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. Oh, sing the song. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join us with Jesus as we travel this side. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Yes, I'm part of the family, the family of God. 
You know, Rich, as I was listening, as I was listening to those lyrics, I was thinking more and more and more. I think of the Bot Radio Network family. It's kind of like sitting around a dinner table or maybe a breakfast table, depending on when you're hearing this broadcast. And we do have one thing in common. That is God's Word. And we take it seriously. And then we're relatives. That's what Ken Ham shows us clearly. We're relatives. And, uh, and you know what? You and I have talked many times. It's easy to say Dr. Martin Luther King. But let's not forget, folks, it was Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, the church and the Bible and everything. That's what gave him the courage of love and kindness and strength and perseverance. Well, here is Dr. Elvita King, his niece, uh, her daddy, and uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King were brothers. And this is what Dr. Elvita King said. Here it is. Oh, Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of all your people for our nation and for all those who govern. Lord God Almighty, you have made all the peoples of the earth for your glory to serve you in freedom and in peace. Give to the people of our country a zeal for justice and the strength of forbearance that we may use our liberty in accordance with your gracious will. Keep this nation under your care. Exactly. Now I tell you what, folks, we can pray and ask God to keep our nation under his care. But you know what? Then God expects us to put our shoe leather to work. God expects us to do what his children are supposed to do. That's like act like adults and raise our children to serve him and love him as well. Now, you know, if you just watch carefully, what are our children being taught in grade school, for goodness sake, there are two of our markets where Bot Radio Network has stations that listeners have said that the transgender movement has been, well, there was one where there was a crossdresser reading to children five, six, seven years old while they were sitting on the floor listening to the reader read a storybook, and she was a transgender, or he was a transgender. I don't know who it is, but they were a crossdresser. My In a word, public library. My word, and then that goes through high school, and finally they go to college, and this is what they come out of college with. Listen to what it is. In light of all the conversation about gender and identity, we began to wonder if there's even a difference between men and women anymore. We went to Seattle University to find out aware of the conversation going on in Washington State right now around kind of gender identity, gender expression issues, and the ability to access facilities on those grounds? Yeah. Yeah, uh, like, you know, there's there's general neutral bathrooms in like all the dorms and stuff like that. I think that gender is fluid, so if you want to use a bathroom because that's a place and that's a space where you feel comfortable and safe in doing so, then I think that that's completely fine. 
think that if whoever you think you are, if you're male or female, then that's the bathroom you should go into. I think if it doesn't really negatively affect anybody, then I think anyone be, should be able to choose what gender they uh, choose to identify as. People, no matter what their gender identification is, they should be allowed to use whatever restrooms they should they feel like they identify with. Is there a difference in your mind between men and women? Um, no, yes. I mean, um, possibly. In general, yes. But I don't know why I think that. Socially, currently, yes, there is. There is no need for that difference to exist, uh, scientifically and logically. If you think that you're a male, if you think that you're a female, that matters more than the biological difference. There's not much difference besides what society forces onto people. And how do you know the difference between men and women? By what people think they are. So you can't like judge someone just on like their looks. I don't think there's any one way to really distinguish between a man or a woman, and I don't think it's necessary. Uh, it's not always consistent. It has a high probability, like 98% of the time I can get it right. There is some ambiguity. I think, yeah, there are ways to tell, but then again, you can always be wrong. What would you say I am? Just judging off of your looks, I would say that you're a male. I would probably assume a man, but then you never know. A male. Why would you say that? Based on how I look at you. <laughs> Do you think that's a problem? Yeah, probably. Do you think the difference between men and women matters for any reason? Uh, no, not really. I think most sociologists agree that uh, the concept of gender is more of a societal construct. I do think it matters somewhat, yeah. To me, no. I don't, I don't feel as if it matters to me because at the end of the day, the person is just a person. No, I don't think it should matter. And the differences on a uh, social level are simply a product of a biased society. Then is there a reason to have those labels, male or female? I don't think so. I think that it's, again, a social construct of this binary that we're given at birth. There is kind of a difference, but at the same time, if someone wants to identify as one or both or as nothing, I also find that completely okay. And Isn't that amazing? Isn't that Those amazing? are college kids. You see, now listen, folks. If you think, oh, that's ridiculous, the mayor of New York City is proposing to sign a bill that a birth certificate in New York City will be gender neutral. And then the child can fill it in later on however he feels. I am telling you, folks, what does science say? What does the Bible say? Where are children having their fathers and their mothers and their parents and a family in their life to give them substance? Well, the verse that comes to mind is professing themselves to be wise, they become as fools. And so these, this is what they're learning on today's college campuses, and it's just foolishness. Yeah. Well, I tell you, one person that preaches the Bible for sure, and our radio family knows this man, as well as the other Bible teachers. But you know, folks, we need to get more bold. We need to get more specific. Our congregations deserve it. And the families of the congregations deserve it. Here's what John MacArthur uh, said in response to a question that he received in one of his radio rallies. Hello, I'm Claire, and my question is Hi, um, in regards to transgender 
I have an older sibling actually who is transgender, and my question is just how to approach that biblically, um, it, specifically in regards to what pronouns to use, um, and just in general. Yeah, Claire, bless your heart for asking that. Simply stated, there is no such thing as transgender. You're either XX or XY. That's mm -hmm. it. God made man male and female. That is determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. That is reality. This notion that you are something other than your biology is a cultural construct intended as an assault on God. Now, your sibling may not see it that way, but that's what it's all about. And as more than anything, in fact, I was reading an article by R.C. Sproul just yesterday in which he said that the greatest revolution in American history was neither the American Revolution or the Industrial Revolution. It is the sexual revolution. This, is, this has become the most far-reaching, damaging of all revolutions that's ever occurred in this country or any other. The, the, the problem with buying into this is it is a kind of personal suicide. It is literally the end of your existence in the way that God designed you. Um, I've said this a few weeks ago, a person who is in the transgender world is 19 times more likely to kill himself or herself because you have completely cut yourself off from reality and from normal relationships. This is the end of your identity. This is the end of your ability to have a marriage that is a real marriage. It's the end of your ability to have a family. It's the end of your ability to connect and to be a part of a society and a culture and have a future and belong. It is a kind of, it is a kind of extreme isolation that can be no more extreme. You can't get more extreme than saying, I am not who I actually am because that becomes an utterly imperceptible identity. You literally have disconnected yourself from existence. You aren't who you are. You are some fantasy person in your own mind. Look, this is going to continue to escalate because we live in a world where people are told to construct whatever they want themselves to be. This is what the Internet does to people. It allows you to to create yourself the way you want to create yourself. You can access whatever is out there and you can create your own world, your own reality, and you can live in that world. The isolation of this particular aspect of it is so sad and so tragic. I read the other day a surgery was done in Australia on a five-year-old to do a sex change. These kinds of parents ought to be imprisoned who would lead a five-year-old, and what kind of doctor would ever do that in a hospital in Australia? This is a kind of scarring for life. So I, I, don't, I don't mean by being so firm that, that you want to be l lacking in love when you communicate this, but I think the only way you can address it honestly is to say, God made you. And God made you exactly the way He wanted you to be. You're not only 
fighting God in His physical creation. You are, even more importantly, fighting God in His sovereignty. You are fighting God in His spiritual relationship to you. This is a war on God. I'm not going to let God tell me who I am. I'm not going to let God define me. I'm going to be my own God. I'm going to define myself. And you're in, you're in Romans 1, and that's a reprobate mind. That's a mind that doesn't even function. So while saying that with firmness so you understand it, I think this has to be dealt with with love and compassion because there's some, some holes in the heart of someone going in that direction. There's a a lack of being loved and accepted and feeling wanted and needed and significant. So on the one hand, the reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so isolating, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. But on the other hand, that confrontation can't exaggerate what already exists, which is a sense of feeling isolated in relationships. So you've got to find the fine line between confronting the error of it to protect the person and at the same time providing the love and affirmation that that person needs to be all that God would have that person be. Thank you, Dr. John MacArthur, for those words of wisdom, those words of wisdom and the boldness that he showed. Now, pastors, go thou and do likewise. Here's Franklin Graham. Now, you may be sitting at home wondering, what can I do? First of all, I want you to pray for our nation and its leaders. Second, I want you to vote and be registered to vote and go out and take your family and friends to be sure you vote this election. And third, I want you to prayerfully consider at some point in the future, running for office yourself and making a difference in your community for Almighty God. All right, Rich, what's the number? Listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621, 1-800-345-2621. And listen, folks, we haven't been talking politics. Forget that. We've been talking principle and biblical teaching. And righteousness. All right, this is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, with his chapter, The Complete Story. As a public service, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. 